Hey y'all, listen, it's time we stop playing it small, but it's also time for real conversations like the ones we used to have until 3 a.m. with our besties in the Taco Bell parking lot collide with the real people full of perspective on topics that are, well, maybe uncomfortable, but the ones that make it preach to those who need it. So come on, come have a seat with me. After all, I'm still the same OG. What's up, you guys? Oh, I feel like I have not been at the table alone for a minute, but it feels good to be sitting at the table, reflecting, breathing, (laughs) taking a moment. And so I want to preface this with saying, I know this month has been a little funky with the way that I normally have things set up but don't worry I did not leave the family chat out of the month okay it is coming next week Woo! it's deep (laughs) it gets real we talk about trust we talk about friendship we talking about a lot of stuff but before Y'all got to that episode. I needed to come and tell y'all. Or maybe pose the question. And if you're not following the podcast on Instagram, please go follow it. Because today there is a thread that I really want to have this conversation. I want to have this open dialect with you guys because I want to know. I want to know how y'all thinking, how y'all think in general. But I'm going to dive into what I think I need to talk about. So I've been in this space um, where I'm looking at particular relationships and having some very deep conversations amongst the people that I do life with, the people I do business with, the people that I do um, community things with just in general. Like I'm, I'm having conversations amongst the tables that I have within my reach. And I was sitting... Um, in a meeting and everyone was talking everyone had something to say and it got so loud that I literally zoned out and in the middle of me zoning out I wrote this down and I was getting back to the meeting packing up my stuff once it all come to an end and I looked down and I was like yo that's dope Ooh, that is so good. But it led me to what I want to talk about today. And so I'm going to read y'all what's on this little sticky note. And I'll it'll probably be in the picture um, once I post this recording. And so it says, in the noise, the loudest sound is often heard in the stillness of the beat you're trained to hear. What the noise does to a room does not have to be what it does to you. If you innately become one sound within the beat of the unknown, you will find the beat that makes your heart move and groove to the rhythm 
that the song is supposed to play. And y'all, let me tell you, that rocked my world. Because like I said, I sit amongst a lot of people, a lot of people of influence, a lot of people of wealth, um, everyday people, as we like to call them, family, friends, um, couples, relationships, marriages, life coaching, um, event planning. Like I have a lot of hats that I wear, mom, you know, and so within those circles there's so much noise and sometimes it's just so loud and the introvert that I really truly am has to just black out for a second and still appear very present but I have to always go back and find that beat and that rhythm that makes my heart full that makes my heart content But it gives me that reassurance that I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be with who I'm supposed to be with doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And so have you ever questioned in seasons of your life when everything is so good, but it's so loud that you stop and wonder, am I supposed to give it all away or am I supposed to go get it all? And what I mean by that is, are you supposed to give away everything that has been poured into you? Are you supposed to give away all of your knowledge? Are you supposed to give away all the things that you own in your hands, metaphorically or intentionally? Or are you supposed to go get it all and hold it until it's time to be released? Because here's what I know to be be true. When you redirect your focus, what you innately do is you tell your focus what's important and what you're focused on becomes what you attract. And because you're so focused on that particular thing, item, person, um, lifestyle, you begin to scientifically direct your life how your life and mind and focus has been destined to go. Gee, that's a little bit that's a little bit too much. Okay, well let me put it to you this way. A focused mind or a distracted mind will direct your future, right? And so if I say I want to lose a hundred pounds in twelve months, that is not absurd. That is actually obtainable. And the mind is so smart that because you have said that out loud, your mind's job is to now create a strategic plan for the body to execute what it has believed. But what I know to be true is if you're not careful, you will allow your heart to stay complacent. And your heart will do its job by trying to keep you safe. By telling you that you're okay. And that that seems like that's too big of a goal. That it's okay to take it a little step, a little step, a little step. While your mind is saying, I got a 12-month plan. I got to get this together. I got to go get it. I got to go do it. 
It's obtainable. It's in my reach. And I'm about to go make magic happen. So because we want to go make magic happen, we then find out that the people who were in the loudest places, they were still enough. And they begin to find the beat that made their heart move and groove because their focus was redirected on a goal and a task. And because the mind was focused on a goal and a task, what the mind then did was went and told the body, we have a timeline. And this is how we're going to break down that 12 months into 30 days, into 60 days, into 90 days, into 120 days, and so forth. And so in seasons that life seems like it's just unbearable or you don't know if you're coming or going or it looks like you're supposed to be on chapter 15 and yet you're still at chapter 5 because x y and z or something didn't work out or something didn't come to fruition i would stop and ask you are you giving everything that you got away Are you going to go get everything and hold on to it? Because a lot of people will be quick to say, well, I'm just going to go give it all away. And it never fails. The moment they say that, they are then quick to say, but that's based upon the circumstances and the situation. But what if it's not based upon the circumstances and situations? What if you only have one or two options? You either give it all away despite the circumstances or the situation. Or you go get it all and hold it in your hand. And so when you stop and ponder the question. A confused mind will always say no. A confused mind will always have a but. A confused mind will be so quick to say, yes, however, no, but maybe. Yes, I can, but. And the truth of the matter is, you either believe what you said before the break in the sentence or you believe everything you said after the break in the sentence but that middle word isn't the rhythm that you're supposed to be moving to because when you move to the proper rhythm it's a continual song it's a continual beat and if we know how to move our feet if we know how to be so intentional We have no problem with doing what we're supposed to be doing. We have no problem being all gas and no brakes. We have no problem showing up without a reservation. We have no problem letting our yes be yes and putting our money where our mouth is. But more than anything... When we know exactly what we're supposed to be doing with exactly who we're supposed to be doing it with and growing and learning and developing. Every risk is worth it.
Because when you risk it all, you really are still holding on to everything that you need. And when you risk it all, you're willing to inconvenience everything else that is trying to inconvenience you from growing, inconvenience you from being stuck and stagnant. And when you stop and pay attention to it all, what you then find out is that everything that's attached to you has either preserved you, grown you, plucked you, tilled you, or potentially killing you. And I would be remiss to say if you went out on that type of level of gratitude for the rhythm of where you're supposed to be going, then it would be safe to say that the better option for someone who's optimistic, who's a dreamer, who's a go-getter, who has no fear factor and is willing to always take a risk, that their answer would be, I'm going to go get it all and hold on to it. Because, see, here's the thing that most optimists would agree with. If I have to go get all of it to hold on to it, then I get double of what the person who says, I want to give it all away, goes and grabs. Because, see, if you're quick to go give it all away, that means you came back empty-handed. You left it all on the table with no reserves of tomorrow but see an optimist says i'm gonna go get all of it because on the way they're opening their hands and letting everything fall out so when they get to whatever it is that they're getting to there's enough space for them to grab it all because hypothetically speaking giving it all away means that i'm no longer valuable i have now become a liability rather than an asset but for the people that go get it all they learn very quickly that going to get it all may mean that I have to drop everything on my way. But no one told me that I can't pick it up if I have to go back to where I came from. But when I go back to where I came from, I am coming back different, changed, renewed, in rhythm. And the focus of what I'm going back to has been redirected from everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing there. Because now there has become here. And since we're here, most of the time, oftentimes really, those of us who have empathetic hearts and ears are so attuned. But let me give you permission to remind yourself that you have to maintain the utmost regard for yourself. Um, Dwelling so much on everything that becomes your problem It's just truly based upon the things that you stop to dwell on from everything else that you were supposed to be letting go on the way. And now understanding that now people rely on your safety for for themselves. And it's not intentional, but, you know, you can't give it all away. You do have to have the right to protect yourself. 
without feeling guilty for withdrawing and going to get all of what you need on your own behalf. But I would dare to say that when you go and get everything on your own behalf, you might lose some of the the good things. You might lose some of the okay things. But if losing those things temporarily for just a pause in the journey, leaving gratitude for the next person who has to walk that walk, who has to cross that line, who innately will say, oh my gosh, I found something along the way. Isn't that worth holding on to, but letting go at the same time? See, there's no trick here. There is no oxymoron. There is no, well, that's a double standard. No, it's a one-way street. I just don't know how many times I have to go up and down it to possess everything that belongs to me. But for someone like me, I will go up and down the road to collect and drop off any and everything that belongs to me until the rhythm of my heart finds the beat that allows me to be so still in the loudest places. And so I've had this question asked 50 million times over these episodes And I want to break it down because my sister and I were laughing hysterically when I asked her, like, how do you break this down for people? I mean, I didn't think that it was that hard. And so I want to do you guys a favor. I want to answer your question of how do I build my table? And please hear my heart. The table is just metaphoric. The table is just because I'm a visual learner. However, as an adult, it is so flipping hard to find genuine friends because you don't really know what you need in a friend as an adult. Because as kids, we just want to play. We just want to have a sleepover. We just wanted to go to the club. We just wanted to have dinner dates with our girlfriends. But something happens after 25. And somewhere society has conditioned us to believe that we're supposed to be a reality TV friend group. But they don't teach us how to go and find authentic, relatable, compassionate, driven people who make you uncomfortable as a new normal of being comfortable. And so I will never forget. I was in college. I was a sophomore in college. And we were having a little party. And someone had the audacity to tell me 
I don't even know why I'm asking you. You're the brat of us. You get what you want. You're the baby. You're just spoiled. And if I'm honest, those words created a monster in the best way. They created a monster so much so that I quickly petitioned my own heart. I phoned a friend. And this is a friend who knew everything about me. Good, bad, ugly, the ins and outs, all the hidden things. Because they too partook in half of (laughs) what I got into. And I remember asking this friend, do you really think that I'm a brat? Do I really get everything that I want? Am I supposed to not be confident? Am I not supposed to always have an opinion? And over the last 15 years, this friend has shaped me, molded me, created a safe space for me to be authentically me, but most importantly, unapologetically me. And their response back to me that day when I made that phone call were very similar to this. There was so much noise that I was hearing that they challenged me to just sit still. Sit still. Every time those people want to do something, show up. Don't say nothing, though. If they say jump, you ask how high. If they say we just going to roll out, you tell them where we're going. You be the driver. If they need something from the store, you go get it. And they told me to do this for seven days. Without complaining. With a smile on my face. And it worked out because it was in the summer. And so like we had all the time and we were always all together. And I did it for seven days. And no one knew but this particular person. And on the seventh day, I went back to them and I was like, what was the purpose of that? They didn't even notice. And they said they did not notice because they were so consumed relying on your safety that you understood how to handle the noise. And because I just now have taught you how to handle the noise, you can now go build tables. And so for me, that's where the the thought of tables came And within the tables, I chose people who were better than me in the sense of career, um, money mindset, personality, um, strategy of business, having conversations that were uncomfortable, that made more money than me that were in more streams of income and networking with people that I just sat in the noise. But because I had conditioned my ears to hear the sounds, but quiet my soul in the most humbling way, I learned a lot. I became a student of building the proper tables And so I went back to this friend 
two weeks after they told me to do this for seven days. And I said, hey, I got a question for you. So now I'm amongst all these people and all these people have ideas and talents and gifts. And I just I want to know when I'm supposed to go back and let them know who I am. And they said, if you know what you're doing, they already know who you are. They're now just trying to assess. Will you redirect the focus to you or will you redirect the focus of growing them? And so I began to create this thought of how to successfully build a table. And if you're taking notes for people who are like really serious about this as if it's something magical, <laughs> you start building a table based upon the weak spots of who you are. For me, I'm an introvert. I wasn't good with talking to people. I wasn't good expressing my words that weren't always ending in an argument. And so I picked people who were confrontational in the sense of they let you speak, they heard what you said, and then they gave you a rebuttal. But they never demeaned the character of the person that was speaking. And so then I went to go find people who were outgoing because I was really comfortable just being in my house. I didn't have to have friends, so I thought. And then I realized, wait a minute, I need people who love people right where they are. And I grew up in a home with a mom who, (laughs) there was never anyone that walked into my mother's home who did not leave with more joy than what they came with because she allowed people to be authentically who they were every single time. And so I went and found all the broken people, the people who felt like they were nobody, who were thrown to the curb from by their family, their friends, their circle of influence. And I invited them to my table. I invited people who had stories that you wouldn't believe it unless you heard it sitting in the flesh. And then I started cultivating this table. I start weeding through the people that were there just for a show, who just wanted my time without giving me theirs, Um, who talked a good talk but never showed up to play the game, who said they wanted to do this and yet they showed up doing nothing, or... Um, the people who said, yeah, I got your back. And then when I needed them, they were gone. And quickly I realized that building a table was just, just strategically finding friends that when you were at your highest were championing you. And when you were at your lowest, they were picking you up, still championing you. And so when I say the noise is loud, I need you to know that at your table, it needs to always be loud. But there also needs to be a safe space within the table for every individual sitting there for the lack of better words and metaphorically speaking, where they can be naked 
where they can be so exposed that no one knows that they're naked as if they were in the garden before they sinned. Acknowledging the sin, yes, bringing them back to a sound mind and clarity, yes, but allowing them to know that you are a safe space, a safe space for them to cry, for them to laugh, for them to cuss, for them to act ridiculous, to have a drink, to be a therapist, to be a friend, to have dinner, to stay two hours past the time you really wish that they were gone. But furthermore, this one is probably my favorite. For everyone at the table to know that collectively, if life hit the fan and everyone was falling apart at the same time, that you all could gather in a room. I like to say it like this, build a pallet like the old times on the floor with all the blankets and pillows and everybody go grab their favorite snack and you cram in and you cry and you laugh and you dance and the TV is blaring old MTV or BET after hours music, right? Those are the people that you build tables with. Because somewhere within the table, the table isn't warped. It just has a story to tell. The chairs aren't ripped. They're just worn from holding the weight of the beauty. The coffee stains and the chipped paint around the edges of the table don't need to be buffed out. They're proof that life lessons have been taught there. They're proof that family still matters there. They're proof that family dinners are still being had around the table. They're proof that people still hold hands and pray at dinner time. They're proof that people still show up when they don't want to show up. But because you sent an SOS, they stop everything that they're doing. They respond, they show up, and even when they don't know how to show up, they still say, I got you, even if in the loudest noise, your stillness just allows their heart to move back to the beat and the rhythm of the table. Because for two seconds, you were the focus that needed to be their redirection. And because you were the focus that allowed them to be redirected. Somewhere in between unknowingly and knowingly searching a table of broken people. No one understood that the masterpiece of broken stained glass was becoming a vase. That would be poured into over and over and over and over collecting and holding on to all the things because eventually everyone at your table (laughs) will then have to go build their own table and as they pick up pieces of the stained glasses of the original table 
they have to go walk their own path, pour out their own water, fertilize their own grass. But they will always, always know that when their table gets too loud, there's a table that has been rooted and grounded that allows them to be still, allows them to bring their peace back to the table where you all magnetically build a picture And as everyone begins to put their piece by piece by piece, somehow the table begins to become full again. And within the fullness of who everybody has to become, everyone then realizes that this is the home office. The home office of where you initially sat down and did the hard work and the labor to build a table or build a friendship of people who are not the same, who are totally different, who weren't just willing to be inconvenienced for your convenience, who were willing to go do the work on themselves, but then always bring back pieces of what they're learning to the table so everyone can grow together. Or y'all know, as I like to say, for everyone to be able to stand on their tippy toes together. And since everyone has to stand on their tippy toes together, it becomes the best thing for everybody. Because what ends up happening is everyone at the table now realizes that their job is to hold on to everything that they got. So when they get up and leave the table and go back to their own real homes, That when they take that journey, it's not that they left the table. They just took a piece of the table with them. So they'll know how to get back home. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to accept my invitation to come into my home, to come and have a seat with me, but to allow yourself to actually be vulnerable enough to ask the hard questions, to enjoy the journey. Listen, I will always make this space a space where you can be free, where you can be who you are, but where you know that no matter what, when you get up from the table, and walk back out my door that the next time you feel like you just need a space that you can always come back and have a seat with me so until next time do me a favor go grab your best friend and tell them hey girl listen I just found the new place that we can go and have those conversations the ones that we sat around in the Taco Bell at 3 a.m. having, but a place where someone else just gets it. 
They're willing to get in the trenches with us. They're willing to cry, wipe our tears, laugh really loud, but get uncomfortable with having the hard conversations. But more than anything, please know, you can always come knock on my door because I'll always have a seat ready for you.